Cool. I think we'll leave it at that. And uh, let's move on to, I'm going to switch my first story to Starship Troopers Extermination, which is another sort of hidden gem that dropped this week. It is this week, actually. And again, if you're looking for more videos, this is something I will probably play at some point with my brothers because this is like a multiplayer PvE horde survival, I guess is the right word, like Gears of War style game. Mass Effect style game as well, if you liked Mass Effects, and they had this sort of combat mode. But yeah, this was like really cool. I know there were like mods of games that were released and that sort of, hey, you can play Starship Troopers, but you know, this is made by somebody who I'm not sure what it is, but I don't know who it is. But anyway, you Google Starship Troopers Extermination, you'll find it. But basically you're a soldier, you drop ship onto the earth and onto, not the earth, whatever planet it Planned is. Planned too. Oh. See, I was never allowed to watch the movie when I was a kid and I still have not watched it. No, what a shame. But no, why I like this game is just because this reminds me of a Deep Rock Galactic. This reminds me of all these, and we talked about this last week, right? Death of PvE, right? And this is actually a PvE game, right? Where you, could be me, Adam, Antoine, Phil, right? And we're on the Earth and we're like defending a point against the, the alien incursion. So this is a game in early access. It is pretty affordable at the moment. I was just looking at the FAQ. It's $25 at the moment, planned early access for a year. And again, only on PC at the moment, there is no controller support. So you have to use keyboard and mouse. So if you're a controller person, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait. They said they will offer partial controller support. As a not a controller person, I have no idea what that means. Maybe Adam can tell us what partial controller support means. But yeah, it's out. It's cool. It's already got like 8,800 reviews. It's by Offworld Industries. And that sounds so familiar. But yeah, anyway, cool game. Play with your friends. There's currently two modes. It's going to be releasing a lot more content over the next one year or so. I don't think this is going to come out within a year. So I don't think this is going to come out in May 2024. Just to the nature of the game, to it being PvE, to the times that we're living in. I think you're probably looking at this probably quarter three, September 2024. Probably December, maybe, if we're lucky. But yeah, if you're looking for a cool shooting, base building crafting objective game to play with friends this is it i want to know more yeah check out the steam page i think yeah it's not on console though which kind of sucks so this would be like a pc page but the cool thing is that this oh my god no uh, would this work no this would not work on adam's pc i was just looking at the minimum specs i'm like oh i'm like oh yeah this is work oh no that's recommended and i'm looking at minimum oh no minimum is still not it looks really pretty it looks pretty good. It doesn't look like super intensive, but uh, no, I think that's a lot of bugs. Yeah, yeah that's need, yeah. Graphically, you need a good CPU. CPU for that. I think texture-wise, fine, but like when I was watching videos, I'm like, this does not look like it's not even made in Unreal Five. It's made in like the cheaper version of Unreal, which is like Unreal Frontiers, which is a another version of the Unreal Engine. But yeah, no. I hopefully I'll get to play it at some point after I finish with Valhan. You're gonna need a lot of bugs on screen to do a good Starship Trooper game. Yeah, you do. But this looks fun. Like, like Deep Rock Galactic had bugs, and it was like awesome. I just I hated Deep Rock Galactic's like art style. I think this is be much more fun. And now for the finish, we you'd like to know more. I have to watch it. You have to watch the movie. Yeah, you do need to see the movies. See, you do. That's fantastic. I don't watch movies like that. You guys are. Oh, those rituals. Come on. <laughs> so it's so cheesy. You, you gotta watch all of them. There, there's there's three live yeah, actions. And there's one like 3D anime one. Yeah, there's tons of them. Just oh, no. for the advertisement of the Federal Network of the Army, that's, do you want to join the Army? Get back at the books. 
Exactly. I know that's really cool. I'm kind of upset. Yeah. All right, Adam, your second story for today. Sir. All right. So my second story for today is, oh, shoot, I forgot what it was. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Total War Pharaoh. So apparently, I think this was even released just yesterday. Total War Pharaoh is coming out. That's a new game in the Total War franchise. They are coming out October 2023. So we don't have an exact date, but that is the plan is this year. is But it is currently available for pre-order, so you can pre-order it if you want. There are going to be three cultures during the Egyptian New Kingdom period. They are the Egyptian the Canaanites and the Hittites. Did I pronounce that correctly? And there's going to be eight faction leaders. So I don't know if those eight faction leaders are distributed among them or if you can use each faction leader for each culture. I'm not sure. They also, though, are going to be trying to make this game a little more accessible to people. And so because of it, they are adding a lot of new customization features to make it more enjoyable for people who are new. So they're going to have things like shifting weather. So you can have thunderstorms or sandstorms that are going to be impacting your battles. They're going to have things like fire that can spread through settlements or armies. If you light this camp on fire, it'll spread through the camp, not just burn down this one building or whatever. And then they're also adding customization options such as random starting positions, various resource settings, and you can toy with the natural disasters. So you can say, I want more natural disasters or I want fewer natural disasters. So all these kind of features are basically going to make it that you can customize the game to function the way you want it to. If you want it to be more chaotic and just everything's just falling apart, you can do that. If you want to just have a more simple game, like a traditional style, and you're like, I don't really want to deal with the weather and all that, you can turn it off. So not too much information as it is still very fresh, but if you're a Total War fan, definitely something worth looking into. Anton, are you looking into it? No, I love Total War, and it's really good. It's just that what I love, what I love in Total War was the Warhammer faction, and I wouldn't be able to play an Egyptian Warhammer without having undead pharaohs, <laughs> because that's in Warhammer you have a few factions of Egyptian-based culture, which are undead king of the tombs, or in the Warhammer 40k, the Thousand Sons, Astartes. So I wouldn't be able to just play a classic, normal, uh, classic humans, uh, human faction. I'm sure it's really good, but I'm going to watch it in stream and I will play it. It's the same when uh, they released uh, the Three Kingdoms in China. It looked great. The review at the start were mixed. So I'd rather watch someone else play and see if it's really fantastic, then maybe I'll take it when it's cheap in New York. But I wouldn't play it Again, this is a kind of game was lots of DLCs down the road. I have very little experience. I think the last Total War I played was Total War Shogun. I did play a Total War Warhammer once to check with my older brother. We played like we're trying to figure out co-op. I don't know what it would be. Not the most recent Total Warhammer. Maybe it was number two. And we tried that out. And I've always wanted to play these. Looked cool. But again, I, like I think the time commitment for a Total War game has always thrown me off. I'm like, oh, you have to spend like more than an hour or, or like in a session. I'm trying to correct me on that if, if that's true or not, but it always felt longer. And even like my brother, he's bought every single Total Warhammer, my older brother. And he has stopped playing them, I think, just because the game is just taken even for him too much time for him. I think he's still going to buy these. He still buys all of them, but I think I can't remember the last time he played a single player campaign off a Total War game 
And this makes me think about just demographics of these games and who are they for and who's still playing them given how the gaming market expanded, options are expanded. Very cool. I'm, I won't even watch this on stream. I will keep an eye out for it. And one day if I retire and win the lottery, yeah, I'll probably play this. I send you another thing why I wouldn't play this one compared to Warhammer. And that's a bit of the critics I heard on Strictisms, that you're coming out of Warhammer who has elves, dwarf, humans, chaos, extra, etc. You have 20 plus factions with different gameplays each, right? Even between human factions, you have different type of gameplay, whether it's in the West, whether it's a Grand Cate in the East, etc., etc. After that, you end up in three kingdoms with basically three main factions, and you don't really see the difference in gameplay because they're all human factions, and that's the same for Pharaoh. Egyptian Hittites or Hittites or Turkish, basically. Okay, what's basically what's different? They will fight with spear and bow and arrow and war and chariots. Is there really a big difference in gameplay between these three factions? And even if there is three factions, big enough for the replay content because that's it. Our total war you replay it because you want to master the mechanics of each faction because some of them are fun, very fun. And that's why when they put the bar very high, try to get as many factions, so many factions are so much fun to play. And even just one, like the Orcs, I would replay the Orcs all the time, just with the different leaders. So yeah, that's just what it is. Cool. Okay, let's move on to Antoine's second story for today. Okay, I just want to talk about uh, which one. Okay, let's go with Bad Brain, because I was picking a lot of MMO stories, so let's finish the MMO straight away. Maybe do you know Netty is a Chinese video game company and you must have heard them from the Blizzard. Not too long ago, Blizzard was in the Chinese market with Netty's because you can't just go as a Western company, sell your stuff by yourself in China. You need to have a local company to, to play this or to market your product with. NetEase, I guess they are in trouble with the Chinese context of selling video games at the moment. So what they did, they created a new studio right here at home in Montreal and Toronto. And they call it Bad Brain Games. And their aim is to release in 2024. It's a name, so expect delays and everything. But they want to create an MMO, which sounded very fun and slightly dangerous, I would say, for the risky bets. They say Steven Spielberg meets Stephen King's. They want an MMO really based in the 80s reference. It's for me, when I heard that and I read through it, I was like, okay, it's a ready player one, but with Stephen King, maybe a bit more creepy. That, that's dangerous because if you do it just for reference sake, because the movie, ready player one wasn't really well accepted because it was just reference for reference and playing on the nostalgia of player. Here we are talking of an MMO which is going to span hundreds of game hours. It's not just a 12 movie, so definitely it's going to be a different experience. But that could be fun. I don't know the name of the guy, but when he was doing the interview, he had the Ghostbuster stuff on the wall and the decoration and things like this. So apparently they are really a fan of these 80s movies or things like art this culture, pop culture. And they're going to do an MMO based on that. It sounds intriguing. Maybe risky, but if it's well done, because sorry, but I don't think Ready Player One was well done. I really don't think so. But if it's a well done and well conceived project, that could be very fun. So another MMO I'm looking forward to 
2024 for now, but this bad brain uh, company is barely emerging here. I don't know when they were created, but that's quite new. So I don't know how the how experienced the team are. But Montreal is very easy to get a lot of developers from the city for the game studios. So I'm sure they can steal people from Ubisoft and, and etc. around. We'll see what they do, but it seems quite intriguing and interesting. Adam? What do you think? I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. They said in the article there that they feel that they can only really do this because they have NetEase backing them. So they were saying that normally they'd be a little bit worried to take on a project like this because of the financial risk. But with NetEase backing them, they're like, okay, that mitigates some of the risk because, you know, we have somebody able to pay it. But I'd be interesting to see this because it seems like a lot of 80s, there's a lot of 80s nostalgia recently. What was it? The other game, Generation Zero, I think, was a game from Sweden or Finland or something like that. It was yeah, Sweden. Sweden? Okay. It wasn't an MMO, but it was multiplayer. And so it, there seems to be that that desire for that sort of thing. As far as an MMO goes, I'd be really curious to see what they want to do with it. Because similar to what Antoine was saying with Pharaoh, when you have these fantasy things, you can go in any direction you want and you can make everything super exciting. But then when you want to base something off of reality, you're a lot more limited because obviously cultures will share information between each other and it's like somebody sees a chariot and they're like, wow, that's working out really well. I should do that too. They're just going to copy it. There's a lot more homogeny in, in reality. And in an MMO set in the 80s, you know, what's your conflict going to be exactly? Are you going to be like fighting bullies at school or how far are they going to take it? Is it going to be more like a generation zero thing where it's okay, this is a what if scenario. So I'd be really curious to see what they do with it and where they want to go with it. I don't see it based on reality at all because really between Spielberg and the Stephen King, it's lots of different universe you can explore. Ghostbusters or just a Jurassic Park for Spielberg or Mist for, for King. This, this guy is really mental. I love his books. It's just it's really completely mentally deranged. But so many universes that these guys have done, like extra physics, lots of spiritual world and things, I don't think they are really limited to anything in this. Yeah, and I think that for me, that's the curiosity is which direction are they going to go in it? Are they going to go in it like a, like Generation Zero where it's, okay, this is robots have taken over the world and we're the 1980s people fighting robots or is it going to be more like Ghostbusters where it's going to be a supernatural thing or is it going to be a Jurassic Park is 90s, right? Like a science gone amok and maybe Reanimator would be a better example. I believe that was made in the 80s, but was it a science gone amok kind of thing? So I, I'd be really curious to see how much of it is... A creative vision and how much of it is just and like how much of it is we want this 80s aesthetic and what the balance between the two are going to be so everyone's running around with oh i've unlocked a new piece of armor it's a really puffy jacket right i'm curious or this one's neon orange instead of neon green so i'd be really curious to see exactly with the hair and everything so i'm really curious to see where they go with it because yeah there are a lot of directions that they can go is it going to be more et or is it going to be more jaws so yeah no i can imagine you unlocked the lesser jacket Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm still waiting for an MMO that's going to be strictly PV only. Because I've only, I think I only played, I played the closed beta of World of Warcraft, oh God, like a long time ago. Uh, and then I played Arcade was the only one where I played until I got to like max level in Arcade. And then I'm like, okay, now if you really want to progress the game, you have to do PVP content. 
and it was fun and exciting, but it was way too stressful to do PvP content. So I just want a PvE MMO where I don't have to be afraid of running out of my safe zone and somebody saying, hey, you guy, give me all your stuff. Otherwise, I'm going to steal it. I'm like, this sucks. So yeah, PvE no, servers, right? World of Warcraft has PvE servers, and Final Fantasy fourteen is notoriously... Yeah, exactly. They're notorious for their PvP not being the best. And completely a side thing that you can completely ignore <laughs> if you want. But okay, you guys know Final Fantasy fourteen, right? So are there things locked in PvP in Final Fantasy fourteen? Only some gear that like if only some cosmetics. gear that if you want to yeah, cosmetics. It's cosmetic stuff. Even the PvP armors that you get are purely PvP stats. If you take them out on your PvE monster boss monster, are useless because it's not the right stats. Yeah. It's just an aesthetic. If you're like, oh, this looks cool. There, there are some things where you're like, oh, that's look, that looks cool. And I want to use that as a glamour. So I want to make my armor look that way. And I've done that before, or I've unlocked some mounts that way. But as far as gameplay, it's most people never touch it. It's a very niche thing in the game. Sounds cool. Okay. I should clarify this because I know Adam, you told me about Final Fantasy 14 before. And I think I talked about Albion Online once, which is just, I want to do like a, multiplayer massive multiplayer online game and have oh god this is going to sound horribly boring farming and that sort of stuff damn what is that nintendo switch game on animal crossing animal crossing animal Nintendo? crossing online yes i'd like to do that or my time at sandrock online right well that has multiplayer farming simulator in the fantasy setting online oh, yes. it sounds good yeah. Oh God, I would be totally down with that. Go yeah, and kill just... some monsters and stuff. And combat be an option so you can do stuff. It's like Valheim and like Valheim when you log in, you're like, okay, today I don't feel like killing anything. I'm going to go shoot some deer, gather some stones. That's it, right? Like brainless stuff. But yeah, I think we can jump into Adam's third story. Because we skip yours? Yes, skip mine. Because I also want to talk about Bolt Gun as well when Anton talks about it. All right. Uh, so this will be pretty quick then. So basically, oops, this is the wrong one. Again, spice. Destiny is closing out their, I guess they just closed out their Season of the Defiant. So now it is time for Season of the Deep. And I guess Season of the Defiant wasn't received super well story-wise, but it, they did have some things with engrams. If you've played Destiny, you would know that engrams are basically the equivalent of the game's in-game loot box. You don't pay for it. When you kill enemies, they sometimes drop engrams and you can then turn those engrams in for armor and that sort of thing and you get a random piece of armor or whatever. So in the previous season, you could do certain tasks to unlock engrams that were specific to that season and that was how you got the best gear for that season. Now that the new season has started, what are we doing with all these extra engrams that we have? Or do we just lose them? Well, it turns out you can still use them, but you will be... It turns out you can still use them, but you can't use them for new season stuff. You can only use them for older season things. So you, basically, you're going to get gear that could start you off for this season, but it's not going to be carrying you through. So that's basically it. If you, A lot of people were worried because I guess in previous seasons, they have had have had things that basically when the season ends, things become worthless. In this case, they are not worthless. You can still use them. They are just not going to be super helpful moving forward. They're just going to be helpful in getting you caught up. So that's the news. Cool. Yeah, no, I was like wondering, do people still play Destiny? I'm looking at right now. There's 166,000 people still playing Destiny 2 as of an hour ago on Steam. Yep. So I was like, damn, it's, it's, I don't understand it because Adam, you and I played Destiny, right? Because it's cross-play. And 
I was like, okay, this is cool. This is fun. But I like, it, it's not like saying, making me feel I have to play this every day. When I played Arcade, I'm like, man, this is awesome. I have to play this every day. But Destiny 2 was like, it's fun. It's cool. Shooting is great. But it was not, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. It's super popular. And Destiny is one of those things where they just, it seems like they don't really know what they're doing with the IP. When the original Destiny came out, it was super hype because everyone thought of Halo. And it came out and it was just underwhelming. A lot of things that they had promised weren't there. Later updates brought the game up that it just had this resurgence and then it became super popular. Destiny 2 came out. They undid a lot of the things that they had done to improve the game. And then everyone was like, oh my God, what have they done? They've completely botched this. And then I guess in subsequent seasons, they've come back. People are like, oh, they did it again. They made the game good again. And then I guess recently they're, okay, the shooting is fun and the gameplay loop is fun, but the story is just now a mess. And yeah, it's just all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm like, okay, what are the, look at the top 10, like freaking Destiny's third most played game on Steam as of this moment. Strike number one, Dota number two, Destiny number three, and then by a huge 70,000 player cap, Apex is number four. So it's impressive. Yeah, it's I still very that. popular. The only thing that I would am concerned about, and this is part of the reason why I thought Destiny was okay, but one thing that gets me is that the fact that they do all these seasons and then they do release the the updates is, it feels like when they redo a season, all the previous stuff is gone. So I feel like for me, somebody who hasn't played in a long time, I, I just miss that story. You just immediately jump into where the story is right now. And since the game is progressing, it's kind of like, okay, I can't start from the beginning and work catch up. I just... Am thrown into where we are right now. So if there were planets that they took out or things like that, you know, they're just gone. And so for me, as somebody who's been out of Destiny for a long time, I'm kind of like, oh, some of these things look tempting, but what I want, I'd feel like, oh, okay, now I have to go watch all these lore videos and stuff. I can't experience it myself because it's gone. So I have to look at lore videos online or watch all this stuff just to catch up to figure out what's going on. And for me, that's kind of, like, yeah, I'd rather play through it and experience the story, but can't do that now. So I feel like, for certain people, it would be difficult to get into if you don't stick with it all the time. But maybe that's part of the appeal is once people get in, they're like, okay, I have to keep doing this because I want to keep up with it. So maybe that's why I can maintain those numbers. Perhaps. Okay, let's move on to Anton's story. Warhammer Bolt Gun. Absolutely, yes. So it was released, what, last week or something? And the first reviews are in. It's pretty good for a Warhammer game because remember that the Game Workshop gives a Warhammer history one and few games in the Warhammer license are good, but apparently Bolgum is one of the good ones. So just to tell you what it is about, it's Doom. Pixelated, pixie, pixie. Pixelated, you're right. What do you say? Thank you. You can, if it really hurts your eyes, there's a setting where you can put more or less pixels. It can be smoother if you pressure it to be. Okay, so don't let it, don't let that stop you. And you are an ultramarine. Why? Because that's the most popular uh, legion of uh, space marine. And before the shitstorm, popular because it's the most well-known, right? I'm a slender man myself on the right side. Please, no, don't hate me for this. Are the most well-known and that's why they are in every Warhammer games. So it seems to be a very good game with big points on level design. Apparently the level design is really good. You have eight weapons. You could do the heavy bolter, plasma, plasma gun, metagun, etc., etc. With your sword. Uh, thank you, chain sword. I was like, in French, it's much easier. Anyway, uh, you have eight weapons, which is good, but apparently a bit lacking to the taste of some people. 
And the only kind of bad point of this game would be the fact that mid-game, you don't have any more new enemies. You will have, as enemies, you will have chaos, chaos, parents, demons, things like this. Apparently, no orcs, elders, or anything like this. So that's it. There's quite a lack of enemies, maybe 20 different sprites. And that's, that's what you will have. That's it. But again, it's really being held by a strong story. There's not a big plot here. It's just running shoot, <laughs> to be clear. But it seems like the story is nice and the level design is fantastic. And the game, the core of the game, the shooting game, is exhilarating. It's really good. You go on a purge and you kill the heretics and you have fun because the Emperor protects. And that's what you want. <laughs> so it looks to be really cool. I'm not the kind of guy who would play Doom or things like this, but that sounds fun. So what do you, what do you think, Korean? Will you play this one? Oh yeah, for sure. I was a few months ago, and I think this is like the perfect time for this kind of game because I was looking like, what is an FPS that everyone can play? I'm like, there is like literally no FPS games that anyone can play on the market that didn't come out like a, a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. And I'm like, a few months ago when I was looking at like periodic, I'm like, okay, I need to shoot something. I'm like, oh, there's literally nothing to shoot. There's, I think that is why I ended up installing Uncharted Legacy of Thieves because there's some shooting there. But one thing that disappointed me there is that there's a lot of freaking jumping around like Spider-Man, except you don't have any superpowers in Uncharted. But you know, this is on my Steam wishlist. I'm playing Valheim now. I'm playing V Rising now. And like I said, we do have a Valheim server, so I get to play every day now as opposed to once a week. But yeah, no, as soon as I'm really in the mood for something to shoot, I'll just probably buy it because it is $19.79 on Steam. I don't know whether it has that weird price point. And to correct Antoine, it came out yesterday or technically today for Antoine, right? The 23rd of May. So this is a brand new game. It is widely reviewed well. I suspect a lot of people will like it. Very good price point. As the trailer shows, lots of nostalgia for that graphical sort of the way it looks. I don't imagine 19, 21-year-old 20 Warhammer fans are going to be playing this just because I think they don't like pixelated games, maybe. But then we're talking about Roblox and voxel architecture. But yeah, no, I'm definitely down for this. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, it's definitely super nostalgic. I was wondering what the price point was, and yeah, you, you, you said it was... And it, it seems like the kind of game that he could probably make pretty easily. I'm, I'm curious how long it took him to develop it and how quickly they were able to get it out versus or like how much of it did they rebuild and how much of it did they just use an old Doom engine and be like, hey, let's just make it easy on ourselves. And... Unreal Engine 4. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess they did build it from the ground up then. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it looks really fun and super simple. And it one, looks like one of those games that basically any PC will be able to run. Exactly. There's little touches which are for the Warhammer hardcore, but like you don't have armor, you have contempt because it's of the Pledge of the Space Marine. My armor is my contempt. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so that's it in the game. You don't have any armor. But that's fun. Yeah, I like that they advertise that it's on a floppy disk. <laughs> All right, gents, with two minutes to spare, what's the week looking like gaming wise? Adam, streaming. Streaming, yeah, I don't know. I've all over the place i might do some more besieged or i'll probably do some more besieged i didn't finish the project i was working on so i might see if i can get any further on that otherwise we'll see frozen flame i would play but i need to get up to level 10 i feel because until then you don't have flight and without flight the game's kind of 
just me grinding and who wants to watch that, right? Once I have flight, I can start doing building and stuff again. So maybe some frozen plate. I'll probably do besieged on Friday though. Antoine, what about you? What are you playing? Very short game. This is coming with some shots you will see on the channel, but that's basically what you're doing these days. Nice. And yeah, no, please keep an eye out for Antoine's shorts and Adam's shorts. I'm sure lots of you guys loved Adam's robot on Facebook. So if you do like it on Facebook, don't forget to reshare on your Facebook channel. That is wonderful. And with that, with a few seconds to go, hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe. Again, share, share, Twitter, Blue Sky. If anyone has a Blue Sky invite, I'd love to get one. And then we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye later.